Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. have another special guest with me today, a guy I've been waiting to talk to for a long time. I've been a big fan of his show called The Quash. We have Legal Man, a.k.a. at U.S. Law Review from Twitter. Welcome aboard, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so for those that don't know, and I had to Google it myself, even though I consider myself a, a quasi-armchair legal scholar, what does The Quash mean? Uh, I mean, kind of in the law, it means to uh, to put down, kind of to to crush, to, uh, it's, it's very close to those kind of meanings. It means if you file certain kinds of motions, you file in response, you file a motion to quash, meaning you have a motion that the requested relief will not be granted. And I take it that your intent is to use your show to do exactly that, to reject their void, especially by legal procedure is the <laughs> definition. So yeah. it seems like you do that pretty well. Yeah, I just a buddy of mine who's great at branding. He kind of came up with it. I kind of like the name. It just kind of quashed things and uh, just, you know, just put that to rest. These ideas, these absurd ideas they throw around out in public, just, just make them irrelevant. Sure. Well, you are one of the uh, the few attorneys I know that that runs in my my circuit. What I, I haven't. I, I mean, I've listened to your show a ton. I haven't ever heard you describe your political affiliation other than I know that you've. You've quoted Spooner at length, so, so I, I take it that you're in the ANCAP anarchist kind of realm. Do you take a label on? Um, you know, people don't understand what those labels mean. <laughs> sure. I, haven't, I haven't voted in decades. Uh, the system's a complete and total scam. So people can take from, I mean, my personal preference would be no government, but I know it's not realistic. I, sure. I would just take a way, way smaller, way, way, way more decentralized. Smaller isn't even as, more as, as important, I think, as decentralized. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't vote. I mean, that's a charade. Sure. No, I get that. Um, so how, how has that, I mean, has that been a new development? Because it seems to me that it would be very challenging being an attorney in a system that you don't believe in kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, it's been pretty tough. It's not new at all. It's decades old now. And, uh, I've practiced law for more than 30 years, but, wow. um, you know, it's the system is difficult to, operate within for someone like me. I, I, I represent plaintiffs most of the time in cases. I, I, I do a lot of other consulting kind of work, mm -hmm. but in litigation, I'm almost never the defendant. And um, I've done some defense work long, long time ago. I've done all sorts of stuff, but it's a diff it's a difficult, you say, how do you operate? And it's really difficult to operate in a system that I don't respect and I don't believe in. And I know is a complete and total scam. And uh, right. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> Seems as, as if that would be a major challenge. Do you do, uh, I, I don't even know if this is public, so you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but is it criminal law or do you do civil or what's your specialty? Um, I started out uh, years ago. I went to a huge firm. It had, it's a very well-known, anybody would know the name of the firm kind of thing and hundreds and hundreds of lawyers in it, hated it. 
left, took a big pay cut, did a criminal defense work at the public defender's office for a year, got kicked out of three courts, then left, started a firm with some friends of mine, did personal injury work and plaintiff's work for about eight or 10 years. And then one of my partners, uh, he kind of got addicted to uh, hookers and blow kind of thing. His <laughs> marriage blew apart. And uh, the other one turned out to be a crook and stole a bunch of money from us. And so I went, I've you, par- been you partnered with Hunter Biden. I mean, that was a mistake in the <laughs> first place. That might have actually been better. At least he was well, well connected. <laughs> Maybe he could have been a millionaire early on. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of got out of it. And I'd mostly do civil work, um, done a lot of class action work, done a lot of individual stuff. It's There's really nowhere to go within the system to hide from the corruption at every level. And most of my practice has been in federal court for the last 15 years or 20 years um, state court mostly before that. And they're very, very different practice areas. So I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, it seems as if you've already answered this, but I, I want to dig in a little bit deeper. Is, is there any hope in using the legal system to defend our rights at this point? Um, you know, honestly, I don't think there is. I think that you might possibly be able to stave off something, might be able to buy a little bit of time kind of thing in order mm-hmm. to, to wake a few more people up to the system. But as far as fundamentally affecting it, um, no, there really wow. isn't. That's not true. It's, it's total bullshit. Uh, I see people all the time pass me stuff. And, you know, the sort of the level of understanding most people have the legal system, it's not a knock on them, but it's very, very elementary. And even the understanding that most lawyers have is really just an understanding about how to make money in it. And that's, that's really all they understand about it is how do they, how do you churn cash through the system and not how is the system actually constructed? Does it do anything we're told? You know, they throw bones to to the people all the time with these so-called lawsuits and class action, constitutional, this and that. Uh, They're all, they're all fantasies. Any, anybody can look and see that the the system moves in one direction. Yes. (laughs) It moves in one direction. It's not complicated. (laughs) It's just, there's no period of time where we've gotten more freedoms. There's no period of time where we've gotten smaller government. There's no, Oh yeah. Trump lowered a goal. They they pull these ridiculous examples up. They're very, very temporary brief things. And it all depends on how you want to look at what it means to shrink the government. Oh, the the budget grew less than it would have. Okay, well, whatever. That's not (laughs) shrinking the government. And uh, so that's just mostly that. But I would say things like this. People love that crimes against humanity lawsuit. And look, I respect the guy. He's had a lot of luck uh, with it over in Europe and some class actions. But suing the United States kinds of and the state governments, they're just we don't have the procedural mechanisms available to guys like they do up in Canada and uh, Europe. Uh, here in the States to hold these governmental entities to account. We just don't. I think that's interesting. So, so you believe that the, the legal system in Canada and Europe are superior in some ways? Uh, I'm not going to say they're superior because all scams, they're all rigged up. Every <laughs> single one of them ultimately at its heart is just a way to protect the people in power. But they do have some procedural mechanisms where you can, in effect, require that the government itself, when you file a case, come forward and present evidence in order to defend its own position, which in other words, they they flip the burden 
onto the government, that if you meet these certain standards and you file a certain kind of case, that then the government has to come forward with all of their own evidence to justify why they did something. And the procedural thing like that doesn't exist in the states. There is nothing like that. You are always on the defensive, having to come forward with gobs and gobs and gobs of stuff that you don't have access to. And so the lawsuits are shut down right in the beginning for either lack of evidence or a lack of standing. Mm -hmm. And so you just don't have a chance, but over in Europe, they get to move forward in these different ways. And so it's like, well, yeah, they might be able to actually succeed over, you know, some short, very short period of time that the stuff will all get washed away. I did a whole episode on it because people cared about it, but even if you end up winning some kind of minor victory, you know, it'll be announced on the front page of some papers, some big deal. They'll just wash it all away with a simple piece of legislation or regulatory reform. It, it won't last. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> right. Um, man. Well, that's, that's sad. <laughs> it is I think, sad. It I sucks. Think... That's why I decided I need to, I mean, I, I had a blog years and years ago and I tried to tell people the truth. You can't get any traction with it. The podcast it connects a little bit more with people because people mm-hmm. prefer to just, you know, it's just more interactive. It's just more personal as you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, you know, I've tried to tell people the truth about this system for a long time because there are no answers within it. The only answer we have is we have to get enough people to understand the system has to be dissolved and decentralized. It has to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the, your conclusion. I, I think that a lot of people hold on to this belief that the system has gotten corrupt and that it has <laughs> it, at some point in time was this shining beacon, you know, that that represented freedom and and liberty and justice. Uh, can you disabuse people of that notion? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just utter nonsense. It's a uh, it's a fairy tale like they give uh, about everything. They give people a fairy tale. And I, the simplest example, there's many, many examples that I can bring to me. The clearest one that people seem to be able to connect with is that there is simply no way to hold a voluntary union of states together with a war. It's not a possibility. There's no possible world in which a voluntary union of states is held together with a war. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the Constitution was, whatever it was intended to be, you want to argue about Jeffersonian, Hamiltonian, all this different crap, and read letters and diaries and other stupid crap. It doesn't matter. Whatever it was since that war, it has not been. It yeah. is an impossibility that this Constitution is about the will of the people, the consent of the people and all this crap. And that the justice system used to be something, well, maybe it was before that. I don't personally believe it was the stuff I look at, but, but it's too, the, the, the arguments prior to the civil war require that you educate people about certain kinds of things that they're fantastically deluded about, and they have to unlearn all the brainwashing they've had. But the simple fact is anybody can understand the logical, simple statement that it's impossible to hold a voluntary union together with a war. I agree. And I think that, <laughs> that, you know, the civil war, because of the historical context in which it's delivered to people in, in elementary school, you're no longer allowed to talk about the fact that post that war, you have a situation of essentially hostages. You know, you can't, you can't say that this is a voluntary union when half of the country didn't want to be a part of it. And and was willing to fight and die to not be a part of it. And, and that it's, it's tragic in my opinion that, that there was slavery in that period because it, it sullies the name of secession in a way that, that is still not been repaired to this day. Are you, are you an advocate or a fan of secession 
movements, modern terms, where there is obviously no slavery to be concerned with? Uh, you know, I think that it's really the only way. It's just a start, of course. Sure. You know, you get a secede, you get a state, there's supposedly a secession movement in this state. I, I personally don't believe any of them are legitimate. I just suspect they're all like everything else, massively controlled from the inside, controlled opposition. They put it on. Most of the people involved in it are probably well-meaning, have no clue that their their entire movement has probably been fully co-opted since day two of the time they got it. <laughs> right. And uh, But it is the way forward. You have to first start by seceding out and then the counties need to secede from the states and everybody just needs to keep getting broken down smaller and smaller. And so you got to take a step. And, you know, secession is a step. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's it's it's a way forward. This episode of Liberty Lockdown is once again brought to you from our friends over at The Daily Job Hunt. It is a daily newsletter that comes into your inbox every morning, gives you a couple minute read, basically inspires, educate, fire you up, kick you in the ass, get you going. It's free. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. All you have to do is give an email address and they will send it to you every day. You can unsubscribe anytime, but I don't think you will unless you find that job that you really want and you're, you've been fighting to find. This is the the path to get there. If you have come to me saying, Clint, how am I going to catch up? I'm, I'm so back. I'm so behind. I get it, bro. I get it. But you got to take some personal responsibility here. You know what I'm saying, friend? Let's go. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. You will not regret it. Let's get back into the show. Yeah. No, I think I think given the unbelievable treachery of the federal government at this point, and even even on the state level, I mean, I am I'm sadly born and raised in California and and fleeing here in July for the first time after 38 years of living here and loving it, uh, simply because it has gotten to be so tyrannical from the governorship that it's it's unlivable. And I think that in in the path towards secession, we have to start to relocate ourselves physically to states with governance that we believe in more. I mean, obviously, as an ANCAP, I don't believe in the governance of any of these states, but I would like to be somewhere where I don't feel as if I'm genuinely a slave. I mean, they are they're floating the the idea of of wealth taxes in California on top of the fact that we are already the highest taxed state in the country, uh, <laughs> right alongside with, with New York. And, and as someone who has been fortunate enough to accumulate some wealth, a wealth tax was the last thing I needed to hear to get out of here. I was like, okay, well, first <laughs> off, first off, you've had me locked down for a fucking year. And now you want to start to take a half percent of my wealth every year <laughs> on top of the fact that you already took half of my income annually. Like you got to be kidding me. So I think that you need to start to to vote with your feet, so to speak, and and actually get to places that you can then work towards a further secession movement from the federal government, which is also equally, if not more, well, certainly more tyrannical than the state level. Um, are you in a state that's that's free enough that you don't feel like you need to do that? I'm currently being held in Texas. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, they say there's a secession movement here and people think Texas has all these liberty people. And it has a lot of them. They're, they're quiet, you know, they're quiet majority kind of people. I think that they're a very, very slim majority in this state at this point, but right. the metro areas are dominated by liberals. Every one of the major metro areas is run by Democrats, except for Fort Worth um, and Fort Worth, sort of the DFW area. Dallas is all Democrats. Fort Worth is uh, still hangs on to Republicans, but all the others, San Antonio and Austin and Houston, 
uh, El Paso. They're just run by uh, Democrats. Yeah, and, I know. It's um, concerning, so, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you got the, the, the smaller towns, the outlying areas, they're, they're still pretty conservative. But, you know, there's masks everywhere. And um, it's, it's way better than California. Okay? <laughs> I got a good buddy who's out in San Diego. It's just insane what's going on out there. But it's, it's not the freedom town people imagine. It's not. And I personally think if, if you're going to try to implement a plan like you're suggesting, which I think is actually a pretty good plan, if you can get people to actually, you know, go do it. Um, I, I would pick a smaller state with way less population, maybe one of the smallest population states, because that way you can make a much bigger impact if you get yep. people moving there. Here, you got 30 million people. I mean, you're just you're not going to be able to move the demographics that much here by no. getting so-called freedom lovers here. There aren't that many freedom lovers, you know, like guys like you or me in the, in the entire country, period. There aren't. And so if we all move to one state, it had to be a small state to have any chance to make it uh, actually happen. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I think that we do need to, uh, basically, I'm just trying to buy time. You know, I'm trying to get yes. to a place where I can reinforce and, and try and try and maintain. And it's funny because, you know, I don't even know if I've ever voted conservative except for a Republican when, uh, um, except for when Ron Paul was running. So this is not, this is not at all you know, what I expected to be doing with my life where I'm fleeing to these red states trying to, you know, stay alive. But right. um, that's that's really how dire I feel it is. And and what I what I realized over the past year, which I think a lot of people had epiphanies and revelations over the past year. Uh, but what I realized is that there's almost no limit to what the government can do to us. I mean, that obviously, I think it's always been that way. But I, I, I thought that there was enough of a populist pushback that that they probably couldn't get away with, I don't know, uh, forcing you to wear a mask and locking you in your fucking house for a year. I didn't think that was a possibility. So the fact that it happened, I, I am now to the point of no longer believing that I have reinforcements, that I have you know, brethren in the war for liberty to stay free. Um, it, why, I, guess, I guess my question is, why, why is it that the government hasn't already taken more of our freedoms? Are, like they certainly expedited the process of, of eliminating and diminishing freedoms over the past 12 months. I, I didn't think they could do it at this pace. Now that they've seen it, it's kind of stunning to me that they aren't just going all the way and you know criminalizing Trump supporters and, and not just floating these ideas of passing terrorism laws for, for political dissidents, but actually passing them and, and arresting and executing people. Like I, I, I don't know that they, there's any breaking point at which people actually fight back. What do you think? Yeah, and it's a good question. And it's something I talk about with my buddies all the time. Um, I, my position on it is that that time is on their side. They know that. Mm. Okay, so they already have pretty much everything they want. The name of the game for them is just not below it. And <laughs> so they're moving it along at a pretty rapid pace at this point. But the question is, why would they not speed it up? Well, I think they speed it up about as much as they think they can handle. I mean, they they definitely track all the kind of, you know, social media and texts and phone calls and they run it all through their confabulator 5000 or whatever the hell it is they run. <laughs> and, you know, they spit out these things and they show this area is a resistance. We're getting built up here. And, you know, for someone like me or you, of course, you know, five years, 10 years, that seems that's a lot of our life, you know, but True. when you think about these people who are running in this system, they're already they have 
all the money in the world. Their, their lifestyle's fine. They've got this long goal. They've been probably working on it for thousands of years, minimum hundreds and hundreds of years. They have a very different mindset. And the number one thing they have to keep going in this country is this belief in this constitutional freedom voting machine. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, the number one thing they have to do is they have to keep everybody on board with the back the blue, uh, thank you for your service kind of uh, boneheads who run around, they're everywhere. And that's what they have to have. And you have to have, the only way you can maintain that is you've got to keep some kind of illusion, at least a plausible deniability that we're voting in 2022 and Trump's going to come back and save us or some, they have to have some kind of fantasy going so that the people continue to back the system. Right. Because if you don't have people backing the system, this whole system, everybody thinks it's so set up to, you know, is just so impossible to uh, defeat. In fact, they know how unbelievably fragile their control is. They understand at the top how fragile it is. It is 100% a battle for the hearts and minds. That's yep. it. If if you had any portion of the people who understood and listened to, you know, your show or my show and snap too and realized that the government is actually their enemy and all this brainwashing they get from these people, the constitutional conservatives, that they're your enemy and that they're keeping you enslaved. If they woke up to any of that, the system would fail immediately. It would literally, it wouldn't require some big bloody revolution. Right. <laughs> It'd be over. That's it. There's nothing else to do. And they know that. And it's, so I think it's that combination of the fact that, you know, you're in your, you said you're 38 years living in California. I don't know if that makes you in your late thirties, if you live somewhere before that, but no, no, I'm born and raised here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're born and raised. So you're looking at say next 10 or 15 years, 20 years, that's a good portion of your livable, workable quality lifestyle. Yeah. And for them, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. If it takes them 25 additional years, it takes them 25 additional years. If it takes them, if they can speed it up to five, how much risk are they willing to take? Very <laughs> little, probably almost none right. to, to improve that. But for me or you, that's the whole ball of wax. Right. Well, and it seems to me like they, they kind of bide their time. They basically, they push us and then they let us adapt and, and accept. Yes. So like you have... Obviously, you have 9-11 and you have this massive removal of rights with the Patriot Act and the NSA and the TSA. And then you kind of have this lull where obviously they're still abusing you. They're still taxing you to death. You're, you're still being robbed and ripped off and, and imprisoned unnecessarily and all sorts of terrible tyranny. However, it's it becomes accepted. It becomes yes. like this is the norm. And if you're if you're young and you're born you know, post 9-11 or, or shortly prior where you were too young to, re to realize or recognize or remember freedom prior, you don't even know what freedom has been lost. So now you get to 2020 and you have this, you know, relatively benign virus that they utilize to take infinitely more of your rights, even more than the Patriot Act, probably uh, in terms of actual like physical imprisonment. And, and then they run that for a year with extended duration that is indefinite and you just have no idea what they're going to do and people adapt and they, they accept. And if you're a child that was born into that and you've, you've now had, had your parents and teachers and the news media and, and uh, your cartoons, everyone telling you to wear a mask, abide, listen to Fauci, do, do what you're told. You, you just have this slow, slow drip of acceptance and kind of 
I don't know, just sheepishness where you're just, you're just willing to go along with the ride. And, and, uh, my, my hope is that at some point you have a, a, the pendulum swings too far. And it seems to me that if the pendulum were to have swung too far, it sure as hell would have been over the past 12 months. Were you surprised that people didn't revolt? Uh, I was really, really shocked at the uh, reactions. And I was setting the bar for the average person so low. I mean, I really <laughs> thought I could not get it any lower. I just, I'm not going to say full contempt, but really close for the general public before this. Mm-hmm. And then now, in fact, that's one of the reasons I started my podcast is because they were blowing up my practice. And I could not believe that people were okay with the idea that we could ever even just supposedly shut down 15 days of flatten the curve. That to me was totally unacceptable. I blew my gaskets when I heard this concept that we're going to shut down for 15. What? And then this idea that we're going to extend it. And then this idea that we're going to wear masks and keep busy. What? That was so insane to me. And I know what a slim margin most people live on. I just thought that most people are going to run out of money. And the reality is they've simply bought the silence with trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in spending. Yeah. And, and they obviously know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's that that's the truly nefarious and, and sinister nature of the central bank is that none of this was possible without a central bank because right. you would have And never... none of that happens without Trump's declaration of emergency. Exactly. See, none of that federal spending could have ever happened. Forget the fact that it's totally unconstitutional, even with the stupid made up unconstitutional national declaration of emergency, but using their absurd statutory schemes and the scam, they needed it. And right. <clears throat> that's why, that's why I try. That's why I spend so much time trying to explain to people that constitutional conservatism is the real problem because the only people who we can ever get on our side are people who want freedom. And if you're a liberal and you want a socialist and a large government, you're ne- I'm never going to be able to convince you of, of anything I'm saying mm-hmm. because it's not a matter of logic. It's an emotional reaction. They want the protection of government. They've bought into a load of crap. People who want freedom, they can theoretically at least be reached because they do want freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a big part of this, this insanity that's gone on the last year where it's, it's literally all over the world. See, that's, that's different than even 911. It's literally all over the world. True. I got friends who are expats that live all over the place and it's horrible all over the place. It's insane. And literally nobody's sick in their hospitals. It's the same kind of crap that was going on here with the film, your hospital. But mm-hmm. I think what another aspect that's greatly underestimated is the billions and billions and billions that they've spent in dark agency research and in closed academic research about what populations do and mass delusions and how long it takes to rework a population. Anybody who's probably listening to your podcast knows about Yuri Bezmanov. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same kind of thing, that demoralization, you know, he just gives us a small piece of what there is. God only knows how much they've uh, how much they really know. And with this advent of social media and phones over the last 15 years, maybe a little bit more at this point, you know, that has enabled them to brainwash and move people along in ways that 
you know, for someone like me or you, we're clearly, uh, there's a small portion of the population that simply aren't affected or affected in a very different way than the vast majority of people who are affected. They're affected in a way that someone like me or you, I really can't understand. I can intellectually understand <laughs> that it's different, that they are experiencing this thing. They're actually scared. They actually believe a joker like Tony Fauci or any other loser they put up there, or that government comes out and says anything. They actually believe it. And that's, that's, imp- I can't, comprehend anybody who <laughs> believes government that I can't I I see I that they there exist I see they're out there but I don't understand them you know there's well, no way I can more, relate to it what's horrifying is that there's so many of them I mean it's uh, I can understand a handful of people buying into Fauci's lies I can't understand what appears to be probably 75 or 100 million people that still kind of accept what he has to say even though even if you were to just take his words you would see that he's not consistent. I mean, even if you believe that he's a good actor and he's trying to do his best, he has lied to you overtly. How can you still take him seriously after that? And, yeah. and you know, just yesterday he he comes out and he says, uh, you know, it, it's it being being asked whether or not we're going to have revised CDC guidance on whether or not you have to wear a mask outdoors, <laughs> which is unfucking believable. Given that I knew last summer you didn't have to wear a mask outdoors, and in fact, masks in general are fucking worthless if you actually look at the science behind it. But but regardless, he he says, well, when you look at the common sense scenario, it looks likely that it's not needed or it's a very very minimal risk. And it's like you motherfucker, you mm-hmm. you have had a year, a year, and and you didn't tell us this like you have you have brutalized a populist mindset and their their mental health with this nonsense and he's he's remorseless he's so callous and so cold and so flippant it makes my blood boil man like i i I just can't believe that not only there are people that listen to him but there aren't an equal amount of people that are you know lined up in (laughs) military formation to deal with people like this i i mean genuinely it's just surprising to me i'm not calling for it i'm just saying i can't believe that people given how much emotional turmoil they went through over the past year to see how much of it was based off of absolute lies and they accept it as if like well, you know, he's a government official. They lie to us. It's like, it's different, man. This isn't, this isn't them lying to you about whether or not they're going to raise your taxes. This is them lying to you about whether or not you can have your fucking business open. You could run outside without a mask. I mean, you can, your kids can go to school, whether your child has to wear a mask. These are, these are absolutely, you know, devastating policy yeah. decisions and trillions and trillions and just destroyed businesses uh how many wrecked marriages how much child abuse oh, just go down the list of all the old people too. dying alone can't go visit i had an uncle my my favorite uncle he died last april not from covid and uh, uh we still have not been able to have a, a, any kind of memorial for him because oh of God. all these gathering things in the state he was in and you know, that people are okay with that. But honestly, when I think about someone like uh, Tony Fauci or these other things, this idea that the CDC may have new guidelines, <laughs> my my sort of thinking about it is even, I, I know it's not, it's not more than what you think. It's just different. When I hear something like that, I think my initial reaction is, 
Who is the CDC to do anything? It's an unconstitutional organization, has absolutely no right to exist. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care if they have the best of intentions. Who are they to issue anything and have it be news? The man needs to be put into prison. He is doing something that's totally unconstitutional. There's absolutely no basis for the federal government to have anything to say about disease. This is insanity to trust the federal government with disease. I I don't (laughs) understand what it takes to get into people's heads. If there's any organization on the planet that should not be trusted with disease, it is government. And yet, There we go. The people on both sides, even the people who think that Tony Fauci maybe is a kook or crackpot. And I blame again, I blame Trump for most of the fact that the people who could have been on our side weren't because he wheeled that loser out day after day for weeks on end and told us what a brilliant man he was. And he had the greatest team and they were working on the stupid vaccine. And he promoted Tony Fauci and his and his bullshit history to the people who we needed. That's why there's even any kind of overhang. If day one, if if Trump had never declared a national emergency, if he'd simply fired Tony Fauci and shut the CDC down and said the whole damn thing's unconstitutional and closed the whole damn thing down and said, this is a load of crap, then we would not be where we are. We we just wouldn't be where we are. I completely agree. And that's that's why I, I hold Trump largely responsible for this even though absolutely even though people say oh well he, you know he was always tepid in his endorsements and he was always kind of wishy-washy i don't give a fuck like, operation he, warp speed yeah it's totally unconstitutional he, he, he justified his trillions in so-called stimulus into the fact that the people weren't to blame well i don't care who's to blame it's unconstitutional to blame is not part of whether or not you can spend trillions and trillions of dollars blame has nothing to do with whether the cdc is an unconstitutional agency it is right. the fda unconstitutional they don't have any say in creating vaccines and approving vaccines and overseeing vaccines they don't have any say in any of these things that's it's it's not a close call and right. the fact that he doesn't stand up and speak the truth and stand up for the people who he claims he supports these people who he says he loves freedom. Well, if you love freedom, you shut the CDC down. And these excuses, these endless excuses from these Trump supporters about how all oh, they were ruined and oppressing. Who cares? He was ruined all the time. He was constantly abused. He was going to be abused no matter what he said. And he didn't get reelected anyway. Exactly. I guarantee you, if he stood up and done the right thing and shut that stupid CDC down and said, Tony Fauci's a scammer and has been for 40 years in government. He's <laughs> nothing but lies the same kind of lies again and again and again that man is not on anybody's team and we're not going to have anything to do with it the dude would have been re-elected in a landslide yep. i'm 100 percent convinced of that because tons of people love freedom yep. but their mind was so screwed with by having these people who claim to be about freedom then turning and acting like they're going to use the government to protect us that's the opposite of what someone who wants freedom does yep i i said very early on, if if Trump, so assume, and I and I think it's likely that assume that Trump was defanged and that he had no or very minimal genuine power, which I think is probable. Maybe. You can still you can still as a mouthpiece get on stage because he was on stage every day for months. You can yep. get on stage and say to the American people, we either either early on you could say we're not doing this. You know the states can do what they want, but I'm telling you. 
as your president, this is this is unconstitutional and you shouldn't do it and it's illogical and this is you know immoral, everything else. Or at any point, if he has this revelation, which many other people had as they look at more of the research that comes in and you understand how much less dangerous this actually was as a pathogen, all he had to do was get up there and talk to his supporters directly and say, your governor doesn't have a right to treat you like a slave. The Bill of Rights cannot be repealed in the case of an emergency. You know, just just hug your kids, take off your mask, grab a gun, arm yourself, defend yourself. No one's coming to save you. Like he could have said that and stopped yes. this in its tracks, but he yes. never, ever did. And I will Correct. never forgive him for it. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely there's absolutely no question about the fact that what he could have done, he didn't do. What he did was probably the worst thing he could have done, which was to keep his supporters on board with this ridiculous nonsense about how he was on their side, straddling it, taking both sides, the Operation Warp Speed, all this miscellaneous crap that he did instead of just saying he could have come out and just said, look, if in fact this is even true, which I don't even believe that the people say he didn't have any power. He's got plenty of power as president. He's He's got plenty of power. He may be surrounded by a bunch of uh, scumbags, but he hired <laughs> almost all of them. The true. dude hired nothing but deep state rats. I don't understand. He's an incompetent executive if he didn't know guys like Bill Barr was a deep state rat and had been his whole career. Why would right. you make him your attorney general? Right. There's no reason to. He, he could speak directly to people. He had a huge Twitter. He had the ability to go on like he did for weeks and weeks with that ridiculous ShamWow press conference he gave each day with wheeling out Dr. Fauci and some new crap where he'd push AstraZeneca or Pfizer and just the ventilators, just endless nonsense the guy pushed. And he did not one single time during all those weeks and then all those months ever bother to have a press conference with all these doctors who were risking their own professional lives to get on there and tell people the truth, getting deplatformed, taking off uh, all these different social media, pay post, posting all sorts of videos, telling people the truth. He could have simply brought them in, yep. brought them in, brought them into the White House, had a stinking uh, press conference with them right there, have yep. them speak directly to people. <laughs> I mean, they're still today. Most people have never heard of these things that you and I take for granted with regards to the counter evidence to the lie that the CDC has been telling and all these World Health Organization lies about this uh, ridiculous cooked up Corona. He's right. never they've never heard these videos that get deplatformed. They get a few million views and then they get taken off. Well, a few million views is nothing. It's nothing if he brought men like that up there and actually had them discuss it, this whole thing would have been shut down. And he could have said, I'm going to send the Department of Justice out to any state that attempts to do this. We're not going to allow any of this. This is an infringement on your rights. Yep. But he didn't do anything. He didn't stand up for the people. Right. And, and he abdicated his duty as defending and upholding the constitution, the fucking oath he takes. So 100%. Yeah. yeah and, and that's why it's so infuriating that he is still deified by the right and the conservatives. And it's like, I understand that you need a strong man and you need a strong leader because that's obviously your makeup as a human being. And I just wish that you would hold your leaders or your strongmen to the, you know, feet to the fire. Cause you yes. like, what is, what is more valuable to you that you have some guy that gets up there and says that CNN sucks or you have some guy that gets up there and risks his life to make sure that you, your freedom isn't stripped away from you over yes. a 12-month period. I mean, I just right. get your priorities straight for the love of God. 
And these people all the time, oh, you never could have gotten reelected if you'd done that. I heard that all the time, leading, oh, you'd never get reelected. You could ever. Well, then don't get reelected. I don't exactly. understand. Are, are, you, are you supposed to just get reelected over and over in order to do nothing? Right. You elected him four years ago to clean the deep state up. Not a single person was arrested. I don't understand. Why are you going to wait to hope he gets reelected to do something else that he didn't do the first time? Well, not- stand up and say what you need to say. And if you don't get reelected, then you don't get reelected. Exactly. And what's what's lost? I mean, if you're not giving us anything <laughs> anyways. And and for the record, there was millions of people like me that probably and I, in fact, would have given you know the hindsight of how horrendous the lockdowns were. If I was able to look at the rest of the world that had been locked down while Trump had refused Right. You're, you're damn right. I would have voted for Trump, even he though he would have won in a landslide, even people though I don't forget. like the guy. <laughs> yes, well, I, of course. I, he would have won in a landslide. People forget half the people don't vote. And a ton of those people don't vote because they're way more like me and you than they are like some kooky liberal. Right. They don't vote because they know the system's a scam. These guys are all liars. And they're all with their pad in their pocket. I remember this is maybe too young for you to, to do. You might have been too young. But when Jesse Ventura ran the first time up in Minnesota mm-hmm. and he won as governor, he won this huge, unbelievable number of first time voters mm-hmm. because people were like, OK, I'll give him a chance. Right. And that's what would have happened if he had if Trump had stood his ground, real ground, which just tells me it wasn't his real ground and said, no, none of this vaccine crap. Ivermectin works fine. We're going to do all this other stuff. I don't believe Tony Fauci. The CDC is known for being a bunch of liars. WHO's a bunch of crooks. If he brought all these other experts in, made the case, said no mask, never appear with a stupid mask on. If he had done stuff like that. He would have had so much support. It would have been possible to steal it. He enabled the steal by having this national declaration of emergency. That's what allowed all this absurd rules in these states to allow all this bullshit right in voting. Right. No, he enabled all of it. It's it's (laughs) he created it. and, And then everybody pretends like he's a victim of it. He's creating it. Well, the funny thing is, is that his desire to get reelected is the reason he didn't get reelected. I mean, that's really the good truth. chance. Right. Yeah. To because- me, I would have believed Trump was on my side if he had done a bunch of stuff and or if they'd come after him, start trying to impeach him again. Oh, he'll impeach me. Who cares? He, <laughs> the man, the guy could stand up and say, look, I've tried. I fired, you know, 10 different attorney generals. I can't get anyone to do anything. This place is a cesspool. I came up here. I promised to do stuff. It can't happen. People, good luck to you. I'm quitting. I'm going right. back to live in uh, Florida. Good luck to you. He I would have been had a some hero. respect for the man at yeah. that point. I'd be like, okay. He went up there. He tried to do it, but he doesn't. It's just a bunch of mealy mouth bullshit excuses. That's all. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true, man. I, I just, I just imagined that presser. I, I would have right. been. It would have been the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It would have been. It would have been fabulous, right? I mean, th- that would have been. That's what an actual leader who actually believes something. If he doesn't need the job, that's what we heard. Right. We can trust him because he doesn't need the job. Well, okay. <laughs> then go up there, do what needs to be done. And if they try to run you out, they impeach you. What do you care? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't understand all they can do impeaching you. The worst that could ever happen is they remove him from office. So what? Yeah. What no, does I he think, care if he doesn't I, need the job? I think that was the mistake is that it, while he in fact did not need the job, what he did need was the the ego strokes and the power of it. And I right. think that, that it's very, especially for someone like him, that's a very compelling, uh, you know, carrot. Yeah. It's a huge pull. <laughs> Yeah. So that that's I mean, it's it's disappointing. It's not entirely surprising, but uh, no. this is this is what happens when you put any faith in politicians. And in truth, I didn't have much faith in Trump, but I did I did respect the fact that 
the fact that the deep state was obviously so out to get him, I was like, okay, maybe this guy is as dangerous to the status quo as advertised, perhaps, yeah. because they are doing everything in their power mm -hmm. to ruin him. Uh, but then when the, the, you know, the real moment to, to prove your mettle came about, uh, he, he wilted. He, yeah. He basically for me, I gave up on the guy. I mean, I obviously didn't vote for him. I knew it was just a I, I suspect yeah, neither did I. <laughs> a 99% chance it wasn't. And I knew he would carry my state regardless. So I didn't care. I went about to go register to vote to go vote for that guy. But um as soon as he gave his cabinet nominations, I knew the guy was a scammer. Yeah. I when knew John, John he was Bolton, a scammer. Oh boy. Just a joke, a bunch of deep state rats that he put on there and pulling Pete Sessions out of the Senate with such a slim minority. I mean, they had the tiniest majority there in the Senate. They pull a guy out of there who's a, a rat. I mean, I look at that guy. He looks like your typical kind of pervert that hides behind religion, that, that gets exposed periodically. I knew <laughs> that guy wasn't going to do anything, all that trust Sessions crap. And then when he finally left. They waited way too long. Should have fired him after three months. Didn't. Then he hires Bill Barr. <laughs> if you don't understand how outrageous it is for him to have brought Bill Barr in to clean out the deep state, then you're just living in a delusion. That's all. Well, the, the it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, Bill Barr, how could you get anyone more suited to protect the deep state than a guy who's probably been CIA? His entire career. Yeah. Nobody joins the CIA for one year. Well, Nobody. And, 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 and his, then, his stupid Wikipedia thing says he joined <laughs> for one year. It's ludicrous that people believe that stuff. And then you bring in John Bolton to end the wars. Come on. Oh, yeah. John Bolton. <laughs> what about his? How about every one of his picks is a joke? I mean, I know, I know. a ex Goldman guy to run Treasury? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that. That, that's that's when I, I I certainly lost faith and but then I was like okay well he's just your like average Fox News viewer maybe he's just pulling people in he's seen from TV he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna realize these guys are scum of the earth and they're they're not fighting for his whatever right. principles he actually has and and in truth he did fire some of them and I thought okay maybe 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 but no it's no. at the end of the day I I think he wasn't equipped to to deal with how absolutely just barren and inept uh, the the structure of the system is. And, and it's, it's, I, I think the lesson to take from it is that, that perhaps political means to, to remedy what we're dealing with are, are no longer on the table. And, and if, if we are correct that the election was manipulated in some fashion, then, then uh, truly there is no hope for any sort of electorate uh, shift. W what's your, what's your belief as to how this plays out? What do you see in the future? Unfortunately, I don't have good news for people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't imagine. <laughs> I, I really honestly think that unless we can break through this constitutional conservative monolith that runs the controlled opposition to the, the party that's that's these Marxist psychopaths, um, we don't have a chance because all the people we need. They, they've listened to this constitutional conservative crap and they believe that stuff. And they think those people are fighting for our liberty and justice and all this other crap. And they, they are the worst enemies of liberty there are because they are traitors. I always liken it to, look, if you're in a war, it's if you consider this a war, like all these constitutional conservatives run, oh, it's war, all of those, this tough talk bullshit they pull. Okay, well, the liberals are wearing the other side's uniform. They're wearing the other side's uniform. The problem with the constitutional conservatives, they are liberals wearing your uniform. If you catch somebody 
from the other side wearing your uniform, they're not entitled to any kind of protection. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're not entitled to the Geneva convention. You can't go and put the other guy's uniform and pretend to be on their side, but that's what constitutional conservatives do. They pretend to be for Liberty, but what they pick every single time over Liberty is keeping the stupid union together, just like they do loving on Lincoln in the, in the civil war and keeping this fantasy they have about what the constitution does. Nothing they ever say about what the constitution supposedly does can, is reflected in reality. It's right. just a fantasy they have in their own mind. Mm -hmm. And tons of them are just stupid. Tons of them are just brainwashed, useful idiots. There's no doubt about that. Probably the bulk of them, mm -hmm. but there are quite a few who are very smart and they know damn well that they are misleading people and driving them into ditches. And those are the people who are truly bad people, very, very bad actors. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think our greatest hope is to get the constitutional conservatives to reflect on the actual sacrifice and, and what was actually necessary to get this constitution that they so cherish. And, and if you can reinstill that, that revolutionary spirit, that willingness to actually lay your life on the line, you might have a hope. But if you're, if you're still relying on a piece of paper to defend yourself in this moment, I think you are doomed. And I oh, mean yeah. that. Because and, the only place you can take that stupid, worthless piece of paper in to supposedly enforce it is to the very government you're, you're complaining about. Exactly. It, it's never going to work. The system the government runs is never going to work. I look at his joke appointments like Kavanaugh, that ridiculous clown show that went on where the guy said they're crying about how his life is ruined and all this. Dude, come on. I mean, <laughs> man up. Do you really think you're going to go through that kind of confirmation process and they're not going to wheel out some made up crap? Especially I, in if this someone political accused climate. me of some crap that went on 20, 30 years ago, some some chicks claiming that I I touched her or some crap, like, get real. Come on. <laughs> this would not bother me. I wouldn't start crying. And the reason that guy was crying and sniveling like that, it's very common. These these lifelong government employees and like this dude who's DOJ then a federal judge, and then an appellate court judge. Okay, that's that was his life career path. Those guys aren't used to ever being challenged in any form and fashion. Every single person who deals with them just kisses their ass endlessly. Right. And so as soon as he's faced with the teeny tiniest bit of controversy, he just falls like a, a fucking wet paper bag. To me, when that guy was crying up there, oh, life's ruined, blah, 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 all this stupid crap, to me, that disqualified him. If that wasn't enough to show people, this man is not someone who's going to go up there and stand up for you. He can't mm -hmm. even bear having someone make what are laughably absurd charges against him. Everybody was meaning about how stupid the charges were. Was his wife taking him seriously? Was, did anybody who know him, were they taking any of it seriously? Right. Well, what was he crying about? I don't, Trump should have pulled the, that nomination right then. Well, and and then he's shown since then to, to suck as a justice, just right. like all his opinions before that suck <laughs> because he's a government employee. That's what he is. You want to help people? Trump should nominate a criminal defense lawyer to be on the court. That's right. who you nominate. That's who fights the government their whole life. That's who's up there trying to defend individual people and their rights. Put someone like that on the court. I think that's that a great guy. Any top criminal defense lawyer would be a great justice. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And and the the irony of having someone who has sat for how many decades casting judgment 
on people <laughs> oftentimes who had, you know, false accusations made against them. And that you, the, the one time after literally his career was decades of that, of listening to people, yes. of people in the exact position that he was put in for the first time in his life. And you're not prepared for that. I mean, right. especially given the political climate, it is, it is genuinely pathetic. Loud. Totally pathetic. And the thing that just really pisses me off about the way they they hold these ex-federal prosecutor and judge and all this stupid crap up there. If there's any entity in the world that abuses people the most, it's the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. They they abuse people all the time on the criminal and civil side. They, they come down on people. They bring these gigantic indictments. You have no chance against them. They have unlimited resources. They can bankrupt you. They can extort any kind of settlement out of you. The last person in the world you should ever have near the bench if you want to protect individuals is somebody who's ever spent time in that organization and stayed it's <laughs> the that is an abusive organization yeah. it's uh, just so crazy to me no that's a great point I, I i think that a lot of people don't have the the legal purview that you do so you can you can really evaluate these things on a deeper level and that's why i love your show um as for uh the ever ever increasing slide towards tyranny that we're experiencing i don't know if you're if you're familiar with nick fuentes you ever heard of him i have heard of him yeah okay well he i I don't align myself with him politically but regardless he is a dissident right winger and he he was put on a no-fly list today and oh and i think that you know oftentimes (laughs) yeah yeah I, i think that a lot of times people try and distance themselves from people ideologically, even when the government's doing something evil to them. I am not that way because I, I identify immediately. If it's happening to him, it will happen to me eventually. Uh, Nick Fuentes being put on a no-fly list, I think is unconscionable. I think it's un- insane. This guy is no, uh, even if he is a danger, there's no reason to put someone on a no-fly list. It's fucking crazy to, to do that from a federal level. The The airlines can make their own decisions, I suppose, but um, what, no what way you... they get too much federal money. They don't, well, they're uh, not private. No, way. no, no, no. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'm just saying if they, if they actually thought, you know, he was a threat and he was like talking about bringing on a bomb or something, I'd be like, sure. okay, okay. I get that. But he's not that way. He's just a fucking YouTuber essentially. Um, right. And, and you have obviously the examples of Alex Jones being deplatformed here and there. And then you have the president of the United States being deplatformed. Now you have a YouTuber uh, being put on a no fly list along with however many thousand people from the, uh, wow. the one six event. Um, then you have obviously the, the floating of va- vaccine passports paired with uh, whether or not it's a federal level or if it's just the, the businesses that are doing it. Either way, I find it morally reprehensible and unconscionable. All of these things add up to me to a very fast track to dystopia and hell. Um, wow. Is there? Do you see any chance that we actually turn the tide on this or is it is it time to flee? I mean, genuinely, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man, it's such a bad situation. Like I said, I've got friends who are overseas and, um, you know, the situation is not tremendously better. The, True. the problem comes with, you know, you say, you say, oh, well, you, you can leave. Okay, well, you know, can you really leave? One, you got to continue to pay the IRS for, I think, for 10 more years after you leave anyway. So you can't really, you're not really free to leave. They're going to continue to tax you and, and uh, oppress you. But the problem with leaving is that if you leave as a United States citizen, the best you're going to do, for the most part, is a visa. Maybe you can get... Uh, some kind of situation where they allow you to stay eventually in some places. It's very limited. That stuff's all good. They're going to jack with you constantly. The reality is that unless you're actually a citizen of some other place, then leaving isn't that great an option because you become even weaker. I mean, I'm not leaving because one, there's nearly no place I can figure out to go that's not going to be 
picked up anyhow. And I'm, and I'm significantly older than you, you know, I'm 20 years older than you. So I've already lived through that. If I was your age, I might consider, you know, I might have some other different uh, ideas, but as far as being able to escape it, being able to escape it for usable lifetime and stuff. Well, there's a lot of things that go into it. Do I believe that it's technically legally going to be a way to get around it? No, I don't ultimately think that because within a very short period of time, they're going to have all these different visa requirements and re-upping. And just like they do with the US IRS, they, they go around, they put things on, they require people in different countries to add different things and taxes and tracing and tracking and all this miscellaneous crap. And this stuff is just getting started. And so if you ever have to come back or ever have to travel or ever have to quote, renew your, your stay and your visa, well, then just, they're going to have you over a, a barrel at that point. They'll yeah. always have you over a barrel. And so I've kind of decided that, well, sucks, but at least I am a lawyer here. So at least I have some chance of being able to fight. I am a citizen that like whatever made up rights I'm going to have, um, the maximum protection I'm ever going to get is here. Everywhere I go from here, my protection and ability to protect myself will continue to drop. Yep. Now, if you put, you know, $500 million in my account, well, then maybe I can just go myself buy into Switzerland or whatever, live there. Nobody will bother me. But, but just for an average person, I don't think it's, there's going to be anywhere you can go. You can buy time. If I was going to try to buy time, I would go and I would move within the United States yeah. because again, I'm a citizen. I could get licensed in that state and I'd have a much better chance of fighting it off. Gotcha. But, so, so it's consolidation and, and basically battening down the hatches. <laughs> yeah. I think that there, there's going to be places that'll take longer to get to. And, but a lot of them really suck. And being, being like a, an older white guy, I'm not even welcome in most of those places that are going to be way more free for longer. Mm. And so one, I couldn't go there and not stand out like a sore thumb. Anybody who wanted to come find me would be easy as hell to find me. So I wouldn't be able to hide in those places. I'm not going to be welcome in those places. So all the places I could really kind of realistically move to, I'm not really going to be that welcome in. Um, and I just, like I said, for me, the only way to prevent this is we have to get enough people to understand the real problem, to dismantle the system that enables this crazy thing to run on. Right. And anything short of that, anything short of that doesn't work. Yep. It just doesn't work. Well, I think that, uh, that shows like your and mine are, are reaching people. And, and I hope that yeah. as we inspire a few they inspire a few and you just kind of get that exponential growth. That's really, right. that's, that's really what I'm hoping for is that uh, we can get kind of a grassroots uh, awakening or an enlightenment as to the, the terrible danger that they're in. I mean, I, right. I just, I think that's the hardest thing for me is that, you know, because I am in a, a financially you know beneficial position where I'm nearing retirement already. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I kind of just want to, take me and my loved ones and get the fuck out of here. Like, just to mm -hmm. be honest, um, you're right. There is no, there is nowhere globally that is like untouchable, uh, particularly, particularly in this economic environment where everything's globalized anyways. It's like, you're going to, you're going to run into issues wherever you go. It's just a matter of like, how bad do you think it gets here? And, <laughs> and, and is it, is it worth, you know, going to Saipan or going to Latin America and just kind of trying to blend in with some, you know, sticks culture to, to survive. Right. I, I don't know, man, I, every day I wake up and I feel differently. And then I also have this really like deeply ingrained revolutionary patriotic spirit that's in me. that just makes me want to fight. So uh -huh. I don't know. I, every day right. I feel differently. I don't blame you. I mean, 
the reality on it, like I said, I've got, I've got friends who, who they're in South America and Central America, and it's not very good down there. It's, it's very true. It's intermittent. Um, it's intermittent. There's disadvantages, of course, and disadvantages. Um, <clears throat> the culture is really not my culture. Sure. And so for me, I have to balance, you know, how, how good would the lifestyle be? And the reality is once this kind of digital currency comes in, which is coming, it's, it's coming again, unless people dismantle the system, there's going to be one digital currency you're going to be able to use wherever you are. It's going to be government sponsored and that's going to be it. They will totally control you. And it won't matter if I move up and live in the Ozarks with a bunch of uh, rednecks where they don't just leave you alone. <laughs> Eventually you got to go into, you got to go buy some stuff and, and that's it. And unless you can just buy stuff out of the back of somebody's trunk and trade them some fish or some other crap they want, you're going to have, in order to live any kind of semblance of normalcy, you're going to be in this electronic prison and there's not going to be anywhere to go to escape it. That's yeah. just the bottom line. There's not going to be anywhere to go to escape it eventually. Yeah. Eventually, well, then, you know, between now and the next, however long it takes for them to implement it. I'd say five it years. It will vary, you yeah. know. I'd yeah, maybe you got years, five. Honestly. I don't know. I think it's probably longer to get it fully implemented. Sure. It's going to be massively implemented within five years. There's going to be huge changes in five years. Now, whether it be complete, I don't know, but it's the doors are closing very, very rapidly. They're it closing. Is. They are. And and it's 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 ironic because people, particularly libertarians, got very upset with Libertarian Party of Kentucky for uh, comparing vaccine passports to the the armbands uh for the jewish people in, in nazi germany or, right. or, or the run-up to the holocaust and it's like that was such an apt metaphor because it's right. it, it wasn't it wasn't described it wasn't saying that we are experiencing the same thing it wasn't saying that this is a holocaust it was a comparison to the run-up to the holocaust the yes. run-up to the holocaust is a ever-diminishing amount of your personal freedoms and liberties and a tyrannical state that's run by a psychopath that tells you what you can and can't do. I mean, that's exactly what we've lived under for the past 12 months. So whether or not it ends up with, you know, internment camps or, or mass genocide, I don't know, but I'm not really anxious to find out. And I'm definitely willing to sound the alarm a little too early rather than too late, in which case it's game fucking over. So yes. I, I just think that, um, you know, it's really important that people take this seriously, that it's not, this is, it's not just some libertarian or ANCAP fever dream that we are experiencing tremendous tyranny. This is, this is worldwide and it is happening so rapidly. It's unbelievable to me, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's absolutely happening. This is not some delusion from paranoid ANCAPs. It, this is actually what we're experiencing. So, uh, you know, take it seriously and get, get fired up, get energetic because we need everybody on board in my opinion. Got to have people and, you know, minimum, minimum, I think there's a, there's a heavy psychological component to not becoming demoralized and depressed. And, um, you know, when you realize there's other people out there who feel the same and think the same, it's, it, it does provide encouragement to right. me, even if I think that, well, it may, it may be ultimately we end up losing, Hey, you know, I'd rather just be able to get a group of guys together, go out there and, and make a stand and go down fighting than I would uh, sitting around alone, just thinking I'm alone. And there's nothing. I, I just, it's just a human need to, to know that there's other people out there Absolutely. who feel the same. Absolutely. And, and it's, it is important to maintain morale, especially in the face of really daunting odds. You know, this is not, this is not going to be easy. And, and I hope that 
that people don't, you know, take any of our dire warnings as hopelessness. Like I still have a lot of hope for, for the people that see the world the way we do and whether or not that means we end up prevailing or whether or not that means we end up getting, you know, put into a camp or whether or not it means that we end up getting, you know, one state out of the 50 in the union right. uh, to try and try and propagate our, our ideas. Um, I still think that there's a chance for, you know, some, some semblance of success and freedom. And as far as I'm concerned, I won't accept anything less. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes, but I, I, I could talk to you all day, man. You are a tremendous guest and you have a tremendous show called the quash. It is, uh, at us law review on Twitter, AKA legal man. Thank you so much hey, for coming on. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since John street. Appreciate y'all. World premiere. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood lefties lyrical fappening. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Allowable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic to rip a 59 Miles to Ray showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping ain't rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show.